This is Braun Strowman, the monster among men. And you're listening to the Bob Culture Podcast with your host, Rob! Gentlemen, welcome back to the BCP. Super excited after doing a bunch of you know real talk and lifeline episodes with some of our first responders, uh, clergy, psychologists, all that good stuff. It's time to get back to the pop culture. It's time to get back to the Bob culture. It's time to talk some wrestling with two of my favorite people. Please welcome back to the show, of course, celebrating one year of Queen's Court and probably makes, based on the pictures, the best chocolate chip cookies in the world, the queen of the podcasting realm herself. Queen, what's up? How are you? Hey, I'm so good. How are you? Thank you for the lovely compliments. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's good to catch up with you. You staying safe out, out there? How are you doing with everything going on right now? Hey, man, I'm hanging in there, doing the best we can. Hope everybody else is doing the same. But I'll tell you what, I'm a lot better than Kyrie Sane today. Oh, <laughs> there it is. That's You're not wrong. You're not wrong on that, Queen. Excited to have you back. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Anytime, anytime. And please welcome back to the show, of course, hashtag you know why, Bill, the editor-in-chief of the popbreak.com and host of the new Socially Distanced podcast, The Good Brother, Mr. Bill Bodkin. What's up, Bill? How are you? Well, I'm doing all right. First off, you got heat with Queen with uh, independent wrestler Eric Stevens, who's in, who claims to make the best chocolate chip cookies in all of pro wrestling. Oh. <laughs> so automatically, getting, heat, getting heat for... Man, the podcast is starting off hot. Um, doing all right, man. You know, um, just uh, taking it one day at a time, man. You know, it's a scary world out there, but uh, you know, at least we got wrestling. Of course, you're going to segue into me being serious about yeah. wrestling soon, but, uh, but at least there's wrestling, you know. Yeah, man. As we've learned in the past couple of months, bizarre world. It's been a weird year, man. It really has. But I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful that we get to talk and talk a little bit of pop culture, wrestling, whatever it may be. Uh, to everyone out there, please stay home, stay safe, stay positive, take care of one another. And uh, guys, let's get into it. Let's talk some wrestling. Now, we're not doing our usual prediction show. What we're going to do is a little bit of a rundown here. So uh, real quick, actually, I'm going to throw it to you uh, You first, Queen. What was your uh, mania experience like? Did you watch with some friends? Did you cook some food? And uh, what did you think kind of this uh, about this crowdless WrestleMania setting? How was that for you? I got to say that I, I went in with very... Uh very much trepidation like i was nervous <laughs> yeah like i don't know how this is gonna go i was cautiously optimistic uh, optimistic rather about the two nights because of how awesome you know wrestle kingdom did it earlier in the year mm. i liked that and i'm like okay this this could be good i uh still i was able to still watch it with my brother uh just via zoom <laughs> so uh we watched wrestlemania together every year and have Aww. for pretty much since he's been alive. So it's been a long time. And uh, so that was still good. And I still made my usual food. So, like, it was cool. 
but it was very weird with no crowd there. Yeah. I thought at parts it was a little awkward, but for most of it, I thought they actually did a fairly good job of kind of filling that space. But I think overall, I was really impressed with the Boneyard match. That's the thing that I think will will stick out for a lot of us for a while. And the biggest takeaway, other than the Firefly Funhouse, not really a match, more like a, I don't know, like a little uh, video, (laughs) like a mini video or something. Um, But yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought it might have been. But there was definitely some things I could have done without. Yeah, no, I get that. It's it's like I hear what you're saying, and and we'll kind of segue to this, um, kind of your guys' thoughts on these kind of cinematic matches. You know, I've seen such um, you know, polarizing reaction to them. Some of them I, I watch, and we're just kind of like, this isn't really a match. It's more of a movie, but it's kind of cool. But at the same time, we never really got Taker versus Styles in a wrestling match, which we've been wanting for years and years and years on our show. Uh, so it's it's strange, but I think especially in these times, it, it's obviously necessary. Um, obviously, you know, Taker's not getting any younger, and I mean, no disrespect there. He is the man. It's amazing that he's still doing it, one of the best of all time, uh, with all due respect, of course. But these uh, cinematic matches, and they're, and they're crediting a lot of this to uh, Matt Hardy or the broken Matt Hardy uh, matches in the past. So do you guys think, and it seems to be the w- way of the world, do you guys think this is going to be kind of the future of uh, wrestling moving forward. I'll throw it to you, Bill. I think for the time being, in the short term, as a general thing, yes. But long term, no. For 90% of professional wrestlers. I think we may only see The Undertaker do these type of matches going forward. Or Matt Hardy. Um, You know, we saw... You know, the the Bucks in being the Elite Episode 200 do this. We saw Gargano and Champa do this. Um, MJF and Mance Warner did one in MLW. They did an empty arena match. Um, uh, John Moxley and uh, Jake Hager did one. Yeah, and they succeeded and didn't succeed to varying degrees. But I think for those two matches, I, I think for Undertaker, that's the best use of Undertaker. I mean, Rob, you've, you've talked to me multiple times about under, we didn't get Undertaker styles, but you weren't going to get Undertaker styles from 10 to 15 years ago. That match would not have been, we might not be so kind on that match, or we might have forgotten about that match already if it was not done the way it was done. Just because Undertaker, again, I've been watching Undertaker since he was mean Mark Callis in the NWA when his finish was a heart punch and there's a great gif out there right now where some enhancement guy takes the heart punch and just wobbles around like a dead fish it's amazing <laughs> um, but you know I've been watching him a long time been a big fan of his but he's like Andre the Giant now he's an attraction and you have to use attractions properly and we've seen what happens when you don't use a guy like the Undertaker properly that Roman Reigns match it was really bad that Goldberg match Obviously, there was mitigating circumstances there. That was really bad. Like, so using The Undertaker in cinematic matches or using someone like Sting would be, like, that would be amazing in more cinematic matches, I think is a very good use of guys like that. But I think Gargano and Ciampa, as good as it was, wasn't as good as it could be because the crowd makes those two guys' matches because of the drama, because of, I'm sorry, the suspense, 
um, it, it, dra- it draws you in. So I, I don't want to see uh, like these young guys get into it unless it's like you know maybe Bray Wyatt's involved too. But like Gargano and Ciampa to me works way better in front of a crowd. So yes, in the short term it worked then, but going forward, I don't. I personally don't want to see those guys in a cinematic match. I want to see them in front of a crowd. Yeah, fighting. Fair, fair point on everything you're saying, Queen. I know you touched on this a little bit, uh, talking about the Boneyard match. But your thoughts on the cinematic matches moving forward? I, I agree with Bill. You know, for the Undertaker, this is a, a perfect slot for him and made total sense. You still get your vibes. We got old school, like you know, American badass Taker <laughs> yes. that we've been missing a little bit. <laughs> we got him back, and it was super dope. And that Metallica song was great, and it just worked perfectly for him at this stage in his career. I think this is a way that he can do something that's unique to Undertaker, and it's a great way until he officially, you know, hangs his boots up. Um, that I think they can utilize him, and I, I also agree about Sting. I think that's another one that you can use in those type of cinematic quote-unquote matches. It's more movie. It's, it's more storytelling-based, and, and those guys would be the ones to do it with. I don't think they should do it with many other people because, A, I agree with Bill again on the Gargano Chapa thing. It, it was good, but it wasn't great. Imagine that in front of people 10 million times better. Mm-hmm. But I feel it would be overdone and not as well appreciated if it was something they continue to do frequently. So if they keep it kind of special, I think it could be better. But as far as the Bray Wyatt one was concerned, I think that one was just such a different concept than what we saw in the Boneyard match. It was very meta. It was very Mm. uh, representative. It it had a lot to do with John Cena's career and what could have been, but wasn't, or uh, what may have been in fantasy land, but not real. And, you know, very real things when he went after his whole Nikki Bella thing, you know, it was, there was a lot of reality in there as well, but that wasn't a match that not at all that was just like watching a 15 minute little movie segment and that was very specific and very very white oriented and i think he can do that very well but i don't think it should be again utilized with everybody and i think the only issue i had with that was it felt like they were retiring john cena kind of <laughs> like a, this yeah. is your life john cena yeah. like a bye <laughs> it, it just was weird because of the way that everything kind of played out with that I don't know. It just was odd, but I think those were the two major takeaways. And I also think Gargano and Ciampa didn't work as well in the cinematic way, also because they had Edge and Orton like a couple days prior. Yeah. And they already exhausted that whole thing, you know? So it was like we already sat through that for almost 40 minutes, 36 (laughs) minutes, whatever. That was it. That was that thing. And then now on Wednesday, you're going to do something similar. And it's like, oh, like, come on, don't do that. Because it, it kind of cheapens it for the NXT guys, I think. Yeah, I think you... I, I also, Go ahead, Ben. I think, like, isn't, isn't Jer- aren't Jericho and Hardy supposed to do one soon? Yeah, and that's tease? the other thing. Yeah, right. And that's the other thing. Because when Matt Hardy did his whole, you know, Hardy compound thing with Brother Nero, like, they were doing it before anybody else. And and that was crazy and in its own broken universe way. And, and now what they're teasing for the, for the future where Matt has invited him to the Hardy compound again, to have a match, you know, now we're doing it on the an AEW as well. So I kind of feel like it should stay with those, those three people, Bray Wyatt to an extent, but more so like undertaker. And then for AEW, 
Matt Hardy. So I, it's going to be a lot of exposure because unfortunately, like, what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Their hands are tied in a lot of ways and they're trying to do what's best. Well, most of them are trying to do what's best for people's health and safety. So it's complicated because it's like, well, how, how can we make things more interesting for people because there's no crowd, because it's not the same as it was. So I don't know. It's, it's a tough call. I, I think you hit it right on the head, Queen. Like, I love everything that you're saying. This is a good kind of tool to have in the back pocket for maybe some of the, I don't want to say aging superstars, but, you know, certain superstars that may need something like this. Like you said, the Bray Wyatt thing, very meta, very interesting. Um, I remember watching it on Zoom with everybody, and we were pretty, like, silent during the whole thing. I think we were just very captivated and intrigued. So that was cool. But like you said, it wasn't a match uh, with this particular WrestleMania. I think it was in a way necessary for something different instead of another empty arena match. So again, I think it's just kind of a new, not a new thing. Cause Matt Hardy, I would say I would credit as the originator originator for something like this, but I think it's something cool to have in the back pocket and moving forward, we're going to see a lot more of. So I'm not totally against it, but as you guys said, we got to pick our spots. And uh, Queen, you kind of mentioned everyone's health and safety in your answer there. Now, Bill wrote a fantastic piece uh, reviewing Monday Night Raw from, what was it, last night. But it was kind of a interesting take on the state of what's going on with the WWE right now. There's a, there's a lot of ways you can look at it in terms of, you know, they're entertaining us, but at the same time, are, are people at risk? Uh, is this kosher? What's going on? Uh, Bill, would you like to kind of share some of your thoughts and, and some thoughts from your piece uh, yesterday? I was trying to write the review of Monday Night Raw for the Okay, And I... You know, it, 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 sometimes writing, especially during this time, when you, I'm, I'm working 9 to 5, trying to be a dad, got a, health issues with my mom I have to deal with, so it, it, sometimes it's hard to be creative. But I, this was a little different, because I sat in front of Raw, and I was like, and it was, Raw was really fun, and there was some really good matches on there, and there were some not-so-good matches, but, which is generally what a Raw is. <laughs> but it's, it's like, it, it's a good show, I'd recommend it. But at the same time, I, I had a hard time engaging with it and then like enjoying it fully. And what's I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, what's my problem? Why can't I get into this? Okay. My problem was was just like the the kind of state of affairs and the kind of current like kind of like kind of like how WWE has operated during this pandemic, especially over the past two weeks. Um, you know, getting their you know. I think the one thing that really started souring me on WWE a bit, or just kind of like just watching things, especially WrestleMania, was that they waited so long not to clear Roman Reigns. Um, that, that really bothered me, especially if the news came out he's having a second set of twins, or is is having twins. Congratulations! I know Roman, you're an avid listener to the PCP, <laughs> um, but he's a, he's a two-time cancer survivor. Yeah. And you still wanted to push him towards this main event. Like, this, that should have never happened. It should have been, they should have been like, you're not in this match for your health. So that sat with me the wrong way. But yeah. again, that was a bit early in everything. So things were still evolving. And listen, there's no playbook. No one's, no one plans for a pandemic. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but, you know, after the whole XFL debacle that go, that files bankruptcy, we find out WWE had a 20% plus ownership in it when Vince McMahon said, hey, WWE has nothing to do with this. It's just my thing. So you knew that would affect the business. And I get there's no gates from WrestleMania, live events.
Ben's TV tapings. But then they get all their personnel deemed essential by Florida. Then the timeliness, quote unquote, of Linda McMahon, the Linda McMahon run pack that's donating all this money to Florida. Now, whether that's true or not to influence anything, I, I'm not one who knows all the facts, but coincidence and perception being, you know, perception's reality to a lot of people, especially with wrestling. Then they deem all their personnel essential. And people like Noe Jose fly in an empty plane, risking their own health to come to, to come to Raw, work for two minutes, and then a day later get fired. Yeah. And a lot of these people got fired by, there is supposedly, rumoredly, allegedly got fired by text uh, quick, and quick phone calls. Yeah, that's the rumor that it was text. Oof. But um, a lot of people, not just in the ring, but outside the ring, lost their job. And if you read certain articles out there, those cuts really didn't, were almost done for stock reasons. That WWE, due to their contracts with TV, even with no live attendance, were going to post record profits. Now, I'm sure WWE, you know, has different facts and figures and reasons why they do things, but these we all kind of like, talk about WWE's hoarding of talent, but, and we're like, okay, now this should let some of these guys go, but they're now being let go into one of the most uncertain times in history. Not just jobs from pro wrestling, but jobs in reality. Yeah. And for me, if the, if the stories are true that, you know, WWE's just saving a couple million dollars to make their socks look good and put a lot of people out of work, you know, as someone who grew up in a household where unemployment ran rampant, where I've been, I've definitely been unemployed a lot, and sometimes due to natural disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, this doesn't sit right with me, and it makes me. Uh, the, we want to be entertained during this time because we're we are met with such hard realities at every turn. You know, whether it's we know someone who's passed away or how our government's working. You know, when are we going to get back to reality? Should when should we get back to reality? These serious questions. And then you see something like this, it's hard to just be like, ah, that's business. Eh, that's okay. It's it's hard for me to just brush it off and not have it impact my um, my wrestling experience. And I know that this could happen in AEW or New Japan or Ring of Honor, MLW, Impact, NWA. But WWE was the first one and just didn't sit right with me. Um, yeah. And that's uh, as serious as I hopefully I'll ever be on the pop culture podcast. Yeah, man. No, you're definitely entitled to feel that way, and I appreciate your thoughts. You know, something I've learned in life, if something smells funny or seems funny, it probably is, man. So um, it's definitely some, some questionable things going on there. Again, like we are, you know, we keep it very positive here. We also keep it very real. Uh, thankful for the entertainment. Thankful that we still have wrestling where there are no other sports right, going no, on right looking. now. But it's, uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's a head scratcher. It's crazy. And first and foremost, I think everyone's health is uh, important and people having jobs right now. And uh, I think this is a good time to kind of move on and, and talk about some of these names that were released. Um, super bummed to hear, you know, the Good Brothers. Bill, I know you're a big fan. Obviously, they essentially main evented, uh, what, night one of WrestleMania, I believe it was. Uh, and, then, and essentially, I think The Undertaker murdered them in the WWE universe. So technically, they're ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> they, 
<laughs> this is their new gimmick coming back. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I don't feel too bad for the Good Brothers, and I'll tell you why. Because one, their to- their podcast hashtag worst podcast ever talking shop returned a few weeks ago. Okay. And then when they got let go by WWE, they basically were like, "Oh, good, we can go back to swearing and just being drunk on the podcast." And the entertainment value is through the roof. <laughs> you like that? And I know. <laughs> and immediately they already tweeted like, basically they're going back to Japan. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, we saw that coming, and hopefully, you know, once this is all up and running again, we'll see some some movement from some of these released wrestlers into other companies like AEW, but other notable names. Uh, you talked about a podcast. We had saw uh, Mike and Maria Bennett had announced the, what was the name of the podcast? Uh, can't, uh, can't. Um, boring as fuck. Um, no. Uh, non- oh, sorry. Non- non-essential. That's what it is. Workers podcast. Wrestler or something. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I, I, Queen, I'm sure you have a few opinions on those two. I sure do. <laughs> Man, a lot weird. of opinions on a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> I hear ya. Yeah, it's like, uh, for Mike or Maria, for me, Queen, I don't know what your thoughts are, but like, they have just been like, when they got released, it was like, they were such victims. I'm like, listen, Mike was able to get clean on WWE's time. They had two kids on WWE's time. They barely did anything, and they're talking about like how they're put out of work after they just signed a huge contract. I'm like, I don't feel terribly bad for you, like, and they're gonna get signed again. And it's just like, I don't know, like, they're they're really they're really working the sympathy card for me. Yeah, it wasn't like Kurt Hawkins who's like, oh my yeah. god, my wife's pregnant. My wife left her job full time. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's very different Shit. scenarios, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And and a lot of big names, like you mentioned, Kurt Hawkins, Zack Ryder, um, you know, for multiple-time former tag team champ, Zack, uh, that big moment winning the IC title, of course, at uh, in the latter match at WrestleMania, I believe. Uh, so many big names. Rusev, uh, I believe, Bill, we had one of the last uh, WWE interviews with Rusev uh, just last month, I think it was. Is that right? And um, it, you could it came out on Rusev Day. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It was on Rusev Day. And, uh, <laughs> silly, silly me. But uh, I remember, you know, he seemed kind of frustrated with his his spot. You know, I, I said, you know, WrestleMania is coming up, and he had said, I just want to be back on TV because he was pretty much main eventing Raw right before that, and then he wasn't used at all. So. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with him. But uh, Queen, I'll throw it to you. First of all, uh, I mean, a lot of heartbreakers here. You know, you hate to see someone get released, but uh, to kind of spin it, do you see any of these guys popping up anywhere else or, or guys or gals popping up in AEW, New Japan, uh, once the world is up and running again? Your thoughts on this? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think any major wrestling company would be stupid not to look at Rusev. I think that's a big player uh for sure I, I know that jim ross was talking about him and aew is cool but i feel like rusev would do really well in ring of honor i feel like rusev Ooh. would do really well in japan okay. I, I just think he has he has something else to offer that i think he can do in different markets that isn't necessarily aew i, I think some aew people would be cool but you know like the revival i feel like is the one I'd most like to see there. Mm. I just feel like they'd fit really well. 
but I also wouldn't hate if they went to Japan too. So, but I think I they know. could do. I think they could do both. They could do both. Both. I mean, they've already established Ooh. that it's possible, you know. Yeah, it, Jericho, so, Moxley, exactly, exactly. And and when things you know settle down and they're able to travel, just like the Good Brothers, um, who I'm also psyched by the way to be going back to Japan because, in my personal opinion, that's where they belong. Um, yep. Not that I didn't like them in WWE because obviously I get to see them most weeks, but <laughs> oh, they're so good. A Bullet Club needs a reunion. So, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that th- there's people that will get taken other places but everyone's like jumping to the oh my god they're gonna go to AEW 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 and I'm like nah homie chill out they have a nice roster right now they'll take a few people and then that's it dude a lot of these other people have have great potential for other places um you know it's devastating and to be honest with you I'm still not over my Kyoto <laughs> I'm not over it <laughs> right I, don't I that that one. I, like that hit me in my like my gut yeah. I was like, what do you mean? That's my, I'm like, do you know who that is? <laughs> like screaming at the screen, like WWE, do you know who that is? Yeah. Like, what is wrong with you? He's been in that company like he, he 30 months years. He was Gorilla Monsoon's neighbor. Yeah, like. That, that, that showed you how long ago he's been with that company. I can't even. That like just killed me. And then, you know what? Really the only, he's the only ref. I know, and I, ugh, so annoying. And he's like, "Oh, whatever." Anyway, don't get heated. But no, go for it. The thing that really pissed me off was the Sarah Logan thing. That mm. really pissed me off because, like No Way Jose, she was brought in to work and then was let go the next day. And then on top of that, yesterday's Raw. And by the way, Bill, I agree with ninety percent of what you said in that article. So I felt that so hard. So I feel the oh, same way about a lot of that stuff. Thanks. I, 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 thanks. What 10% didn't you agree with? I want to know. No, stop, stop. <laughs> I can tell you later when I go back and read it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll no, I always like to know, like, like different opinions. Uh, but yeah, Sarah Logan, to me, too. I, yeah, I wasn't she supposed to come back? Than her entire career. Uh, I'm sorry. So... I think that that's bullshit. Yeah. I do. They mentioned her last night way more than they ever have. I know. And all this. Yes, she still hasn't been hired back. There's just rumor that they're going to hire her back. At less money. At less money. And, like, if I was her, I'd be like, nah, sis. I'm going to go do my Crazy Mary stuff back on the indies. Bye. Dude, I saw her, t- I saw her take a staple gun to the crotch one time. I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ. And she was, like, 19 or something. She is, like, someone who's crazy. We all forget how young she is. So young. And I think they really did her wrong after the riot squad because it's just like what was she she was a hunter and then it was like i don't know i think she she will do and i i will point i think she'll do well because someone will pick her up because i think impact will pick her up uh which i think would be a really good thing for her to go there imagine her hanging with rosemary and sue young i would be great and i think that's another reason why i said this to uh, a friend of mine i was like WWE is not going to fire very many women because they know AEW, Ring of Honor, MLW, and Impact are all trying to build, and NWA to an extent, are all trying to build their women's divisions. Sure. So they are going to hold on to as many women as possible. Who's the other one? They, they let Tainara go because she ruffled feathers. So, like, all right, let her go. But, yeah. like, I don't think they released many other women besides um, One of them, uh, NXT. Oh, was. Um, uh, MJ. MJ, yes. Yeah. Taylor Kergo. Ugh. 
and, and it was like comedy. Yeah, and it was so it's like I could see them going elsewhere, but like that was a like even though WWE was cutting salary, they were also very specific on who they were going to get rid of, and it was not going to be a lot of women for that reason. Yeah. I mean, that's completely fair and, and accurate. They're not going to let a lot of their girls go. And because <laughs> now AEW are... staring at them, you know? And all their women, and their women, they do have the best women's roster. I mean, they have the most talent out of yeah. anybody, but it's just like their women's roster is incredible. I mean, they had Andy Hartwell show up last night. She's excellent, and she just got squashed. I mean, they could afford to have that happen. Yeah, and speaking of the women's division, real quick, Queen, you had a fantastic episode with um, was it Amy uh, Phoenix talking yes. about the uh, AEW women's division? You got to do a rundown of that. That was a fantastic episode, guys. Check out Queen's oh, Court, Shameless Book. No, one of my favorites. So so good, Bill. Check that one out, man. Um, oh yeah, uh, it's on. It's on. It's on my very long backlog of podcasts. Uh, there's a few. Um, there was a few like yeah, like Queen was saying, Rusev to New Japan almost seems like. Man, that would be so great. And if his first feud... Shingo is, going at it? Oh, that's like tough. Big E talk about beef slapping beef. There you go. Him and Suzuki. And people are saying, like, man, like, if they ever get Bloodsport, GCW Bloodsport, just having Rusev go in there, poof. That would well, Josh be- Barnett tweeted at them. He tweeted at uh, Rusev and Kurt Angle. Oh. Uh, I mean, I, I'm okay if Kurt Angle never does anything again. Just well, me neither. But I don't want to see him ever. Just don't ever do anything again. But uh, I'm trying to think who else got released. Though. I was like, uh, Leo Rush. I can see him going to AEW um, because he's friends with a lot of those guys. Mm. I can see him ending up there. Um, what about EC3? Because oh. I, everyone said he's he's going to AEW, and I'm just like, ah, like I can see Ring of Honor. I can see Ring of Honor, and um, yeah, I definitely think I, I really want. I really think Ring of Honor, like Ring of Honor, because I can't maybe Impact, but like MLW and Ring of Honor, I think would be throwing the most money at him, just because I think he would be a huge centerpiece for them. He'd have a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, like Eric Young, I see going back to Impact. Mm. Uh, I mean, you know, um, who else got who else got dropped? It was so many people. Drake, I mean Drake. that Drake Maverick video. Ugh, man, right in the feels, man. That was but, a killer. But he, yeah, but he's not. He's like, I'm, 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 I'm coming back. Chris Hero, uh, that's the one I'm excited for because I love the former Cassius Ono, but I hated him in NXT both times because I'm like this sucks like he's doing he he was basically a jobber in NXT and to me he's one of the best he was one of the best and they they were just like ah okay whatever you're done I can't wait to see what he does back on the independence and he's another guy Japan I really see him going to like mm. New Japan making that run because he was in Noah but I guess he got to New Japan making a run at him. The other guy I'm very excited to see what happens is uh, Heath Slater. He's going to come back jacked and uh, win the WWE Championship like the rest of them. You know you know how that story goes. I think he was looking on his way out anyway. Yeah. Oh, Deanna Perrazzo was the yeah, other. I was just going to say the other girl is Deanna Perrazzo. I think she, she has an interesting future for herself as well. Be very interested to see where she goes. Yeah, New yeah. Jersey's own. I mean, she was signed, she was signed to not go to all in right and then 
was done nothing with. So Ring of Honor could be a possibility. Maybe. I don't know about that. Given who's uh, booking in charge. I don't. Oh but, yeah. But like. But, yeah, but the business is the business. So, I'm, I'm just saying. Her, I don't know about the women at Ring of Honor though. Well, Gresham's got the book there for for the women of honor. So yeah. I have some hope. I don't know if it'll happen, but I'm hopeful, it, but I'm not sure. Like if I was her, I don't know if I'd look there. I go to mm-hmm. EW or Impact mm-hmm. because she would have the most work there for sure. Yeah, I know we touched on this. So- I, go ahead, Bill. I'm looking forward to when everything clears up because that's the thing that sucks. Like if this happened. And we just and we and like everything was healthy. We'd be like this is awesome because there's so many cool things that are gonna happen. Now I, I feel like it's like damn. Like what are we gonna do? Because I can see Hawkins Ryder maybe going to AEW because Zach Ryder and Cody are like super tight. Yeah. Um, I also want to give a shout out to a pop break interview. Uh, Dolph Ziggler who yeah. went out and bought a shitload of T-shirts for recently released wrestlers to support them. I thought that was That's like. Awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Like someone that they actually, Pros and T's actually tweeted out like how much money he spent. It was like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. And I was like, so it's like that was that was super cool. Yeah, and he kept it real low key. Just everyone was thanking him for it and the you know blowing his spot. But that's really really cool. And if you notice, he was wearing the Ryder Hawkins shirt in his segment on uh, SmackDown last Friday. So that was cool. Um, and speaking of Hawkins and Ryder, where do you guys see? I know we touched on it a little bit. Where do you see those two ending up? Hmm. Any thoughts? Yeah, that's crazy. You guys, you guys are firing rapid fire, and now it's like. No, I was gonna let Queen go first, so I just wanted to say anything. Hawkins and Ryder. I mean, Ryder and Cody are so tight. It would be weird, weird to think differently that he would go somewhere else. I'm not really sure where else he would. I mean, he obviously could go other places, but I'm not sure. Well, I don't know well, if they're going to go together or not. Machine, yeah, Machine Gun was pretty, uh, Carl Anderson, sorry, uh, yeah. was saying he wants them in New Japan. Yeah, and Ooh. I would love to. I think because it would I think be very lot, different for them both. I've seen Kurt Hawkins independently, like not in WWE, and holy shit, that guy can wrestle. He's also really big. <laughs> like I think everyone, he's a big dude, but he's uh, he's he's really good. He's someone I. I was like, oh, I can see him back there as a trainer or coach, but like after, you know, especially after the stuff his wife put out there, but I'm like, man, that's a hard sell for him because I can see some people going back to WWE, but after his wife put that out, I'm like, man, I can't see him going back. I know if like yeah. my wife says something like that and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go work there again, she'd be like, boy, we're going to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but I could see, I mean, it, I, I could see him going to, uh, I can see them both going to AEW. And I like, can see that too. I, but I think the, the, what I'm going to is very interesting. I don't know if you guys watched. It's very entertaining. The live um, wrestling figure podcast they have. Oh, I love which, it. We we even got a which, shout. The BCP got a shout on that. But go ahead. Uh, that was uh, the one, most recent one they did was excellent. So um, uh, I, I'm, I think they're going to be a okay. Um, and um, I think you're going to see. Because Hawkins is a big, you know, he's a big trainer. So I'm like, Russell you can pro. see a lot happen with that. Uh, yeah, c- for sure. Create a pro around our area. And, uh, you know, that's why I don't want him to go to Japan. Uh, that'd be cool to kind of see him. You know, uh, WrestlePro, good friends of ours, they have such a great well, product. But he owns Create a Pro, so it's not like he wouldn't train there. 
right. him and Pat own it. So, so like I can see them train it, him doing that. But like EC3, I'm sorry, MJF. Whoops, confuse those guys. Wow. Um, MJF and uh, Statlander, both AEW, both Hawkins cats. So yeah, you never know. It, it'll be interesting once all this clears and everyone has money. Yeah, and, and the, then we'll see what they're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, and then again, uh, we mentioned Pat Buck as well. Um, really, you know, I saw he did a post not too long ago, and it's just crazy times. You hate to see all these people. Uh, he's someone who's been good to you and I, Bill. Uh, so it's just it's just like crazy yeah. to see everything that's going on in the world. Like I've said many times, bizarre world. Um, but you know, we will get through this. We'll, we'll see. You know, like I said, those those crowds are going to be the best when they come back. When things are up and running again, you know, we might have some surprises, seeing new wrestlers and new organizations. So just stay positive. Well, you're guys. forgetting the biggest loss WWE suffered this week. You're not going to. Uh, I feel like this is a joke, but go ahead. Well, Rob Gronkowski just got <laughs> there. It is <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There it is. So who is going to defend the WWE twenty four seven? Championship when the greatest dancer alive, Rob Gronkowski, the king of party rock, goes you know, <laughs> to Tampa Bay. I mean, it's going to be tough. I don't know what they're going to do. Bizarro world. What is what is 2020? This is crazy. Uh, 2020, 2020 is the shit. We need a reset. Reset. Oh. Boop. Do over. Yeah. I agree. You're not wrong. It's crazy times, but of course, uh, we wish all those guys the best, and uh, hopefully we'll see them in some other organizations moving forward. Um, let's move along right here. Let's talk about the Money in the Bank pay-per-view event, whatever you want to call it now. I think this is... Market sweep. Yeah. <laughs> what, <laughs> I think this is really interesting. <laughs> this, this won't be our normal predictions. We'll do that later uh, coming up to the pay-per-view. But uh, I think this, you know, with everything going on in the world, all things considered, I don't know if they filmed this already. I'm sure you guys have seen some pictures on Twitter. Uh, they did. Okay. And I think it's, with all things like considered going on in the world today, no crowd, I think this is super interesting. Like, if it's not just on the roof, but they are working their way up the corporate ladder, again, little wordplay there. I think that's brilliant. If they are going through the headquarters that you can kind of drive by uh, and wave to, you can't really go or visit or anything like that. I think that could be really cool in a lot of ways. Uh, Queen, I'll throw it to you. Your thoughts on this concept of money in the bank at the, uh, was it Stanford headquarters? Yes. Yes. So um, if you don't know, I live in Connecticut. Yes. And uh, <laughs> when did they film this? It's pre-filmed. Uh, That's last, great. I want to say it was last week. Last week. Great. So here's the fun thing about where Stanford is. So Stanford is very close to New York, and uh, it is the most affected pandemic area in oh. Connecticut currently. No way. So super excited for them. Oh. <laughs> They're all okay. Because let me tell you, they, I hope they got in touch nothing except for what was already cleaned and ready to go because, oh my God. Oh boy. So, I, uh, okay, here's the thing. Are we going to have another Edge and Randy Orton scenario where we're just rolling through things for 40 minutes for Ooh. both of these ladder matches? Is that what we're doing? That's fair. Now. God, While that, that match was painful. It was painful. It was too long. It needed to shave some time. Right? I agree. But it was cool, in a sense, to kind of see the PC in a way we haven't seen it before. And it was neat when Edge did the spot where he was, like, holding on to the ceiling thing and dropping on the table. Like, that was cool. They can, they have potential to make cool moments. But my fear is this going to the rooftop thing, which, by the way, why are you putting – why are they on a rooftop? 
with ladder i don't oh my god okay anyway <laughs> so is there a ring on the roof like what are we doing yes. here just gonna have, there's a ring on the roof and we're yep. just gonna put ladders <laughs> up there it's great okay it's different i'll give them that <laughs> it's interesting but i'm i'm kind of curious as to how they're gonna get to that ring are they gonna have to go through the building are they just gonna have the match on the roof I don't. Yeah, I think they have to go through the building. Is it is it like uh, American Ninja Warriors? Like, what are we doing? Are there obstacles? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, how are you not taking the elevator to the top? Like, I would. That's exactly <laughs> what I would do. That's exactly what I would do. I would let all of them fight each other. I would wave and I would go in the elevator, go all the way to the top. I don't, it's whatever. Right. I, I'm not sure how I feel about it, to be honest. Okay. The matches that we know-ish that are happening <laughs> until we don't really know, I guess. Uh, you know, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, okay. Bailey versus Tamina, okay. Drew McIntyre. Oh, God, that's, that's happening. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's really happening. Um, McIntyre versus Rollins. And then these two ladder matches. And I- I'm wondering how they're going to make them feel different enough from the men and the women. Like, I feel like one's going to start the show and one's going to end the show. You should do it at the same time. Or they could do it at the same time and have a two ring on the top of the roof and have a good time. I don't know. I, I'm struggling with WWE right now Mm. on a lot of things. And then seeing this just makes me go, Oh God, I, I want it to be cool and different. And I, and I appreciate that they're thinking outside of the, box in some ways yeah. but in other ways I'm, I'm concerned I'm concerned we're going to get Edge Orton for a long time and it's going to be too long and it's going to be really weird and then we're going to be on a roof and m- maybe we're going to get more like movie type vibes I don't even know what to expect from it is kind of where I'm at that's very fair. I didn't even think of it that way. I'm, I'm thinking, oh, this is kind of a new, fresh concept with everything going on in the world. This is this could be really cool and fun. But you, yeah, you hit it right on the head. If it is something like Edge Orton, I don't want that. If it does turn into another one of these cinematic things, not necessarily looking forward to that. So that's a great, you know, looking at it from all angles, Queen. That's why you're here. Really good point. Bill, your thoughts? I think if WWE had not had all this, and now uh, someone, one of our writers just texted me that... Um, and I forgot that Oliver Luck, who is Andrew Luck's father, is now suing the XFL for a lot of money. Mm. Uh, oh boy! Yeah, if, if there was not all this, you know, all this badness uh, revolving around WWE, this could be this wild mainstream crossover event that could get like my friends who do not like wrestling. They just are like oh, pat me on the head. They're like, oh, we love you, but we don't get it. <laughs> They would love the shit out of this because they've been enjoying like the cinematic stuff and the empty arena. Some like they love the Stone Cold, like three sixteen day empty arena stuff. But it's like it's going to be silly at times and fun. But they have to make it snappy. They have to edit this really well. Like, and that was the problem with Edge Orton. It was mm. not edited at all. It probably was. It, they could have chopped fifteen minutes of you walk in front of me. I'm going to sledge you in the back. You walk in front of me. I'm going to kick you. Like <laughs> cut, cut fifteen minutes out of that and cut like everyone who reacted over that one gym scene with the hanging. Leash. Um, maybe have foresight with that too. Yeah. Um, so I think it could be fun. 
like it has the potential to be fun and when wwe is backed into a corner and has to do stuff as we saw with the nxt invasion of smackdown uh, as we saw with the, those first couple mgm shows as we saw with the boneyard match which by the way aj styles and undertaker as a regular match wouldn't be uh, would be okay at best and cena and the fiend in a live match to me probably would have sucked it, the, mm. they, those two things saved them and when they're pushed against the corner into a corner they can come up with some really good things yeah. however when wwe also does that they often don't follow up very well so this could be the biggest cluster of biggest clusters <laughs> this could be like blacktop bully and dustin rhodes battling in the back of a tractor trailer in 1994, 95. Like, it could be a hot mess. I will, despite all my feelings earlier, I will, out of morbid curiosity, watch this at some point. Um, But yeah, I have some hope that it could be at least fun. I don't have much hope for the non-Money in the Bank matches, to be brutally honest. But... Running through Titan Towers, doing crazy things. I'm sure they'll have random cameos from people. I'm sure that could work to be entertaining. Good call on the cameos. I do like that. That's a good yeah. call. Well, it's oh like God. it's like the it's, that's what WWE is known for. Of course, you know, like Queen said, like Stanford. Oof, not good with health. Uh, <laughs> please don't bring old people there for cameos. You know, yeah. like let's not you know dust off you know. Uh, Ted DiBiase and uh, Sergeant Slaughter and Bob Backlund. You know, we don't we don't need that. Yeah, to maybe, work about, to work, we don't want to worry about our grandpa wrestlers. Yeah, no, exactly. No, absolutely not. And maybe we'll see uh, some, you know, like big props or like the SmackDown fist or like the gobbledygook, you know, any kind of crazy cameos or props or something. If that, you Pramatics. know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, there it is. Uh. <laughs> He just uh, popped in my head for some reason. I'm like, all right, I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. That's why you're here, Bill. Um, moving right along. Uh, oh, and I did want to address this. Uh, you know, you notice uh, a lot of the releases didn't affect NXT as much so far, uh, which I was obviously happy to. I mean, you hate to see anyone get let go. Uh, so well, there's a lot. There was a lot more that came out later, but they yeah. weren't. But like you, I said, top people. But exactly. Well, that's what's surprising to me. You see a lot of these talents that have barely even been on tv really uh or not as much and you know we're watching monday night raw and we're seeing the santana garrett's the Caden carters uh bianca belair um not to put her in that category she's killing it right now but she put on a clinic last night i thought she was fantastic as always excited to see her there but um well i guess are you guys excited to kind of see these matches on raw where we have, I don't want to say enhancement talent because you never know where their careers are going to go. But are you excited to see a lot of these NXT talents on Raw every week? I, I am. Uh, uh, yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, okay, that's fair. I got. I was just curious yeah. on that one. I mean, I'm like, excited about Bianca, Bianca Belair, of course. Now that she's officially made the move, um, I, I'm excited for her. You know, she didn't really need the NXT Championship. Would it have been cool to see her with one? Sure. Yeah. Does she need one? No. I think she's a superstar, and if if they really take care of her the way that they should, it's going to be big things for her. And I'm excited for that. But like, I understand the whole Austin Theory thing, 
and Garza because of Andrade's issues, but now he's back, but they're keeping them together, trying to form like a little faction thing. And in some ways it works, in some ways it doesn't. I feel like Austin Theory would benefit from being in NXT more personally, but mm. yeah. I feel like sometimes it's cool to see them and other times I'm like, nah, <laughs> like Oni Lurkin versus Alicia Black was great. Oh, but... I thought that, I thought that sucked. Oh, really? Oh, I love Oni I am not an Oni fan anymore. I have no sympathy for really? him. Really? I was going to say, I thought, yeah. you, I thought you were. I, I used to, but like when you bitch and moan about how poor you, not being used, not being used, not being used, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, and then you sign a new deal, <laughs> and then completely about face and say WWE is the greatest thing on earth, and then you go back to doing exactly what you complained about, sorry, bro, I got nothing for you. Because, I, yeah, I mean, it's just like, don't make yourself like a sympathetic character and get like all this support online and then just like, oh, I signed, I, I, WWE is great, awesome. And then go back to doing what you were complaining about. It's just like, that's on you. And I thought his match, I thought the Aleister Black-Apollo Cruz match was phenomenal. Mm. And maybe that's why I'm putting him and Oni up against, but I thought Oni was, you know, he was okay. But yeah, I have a real problem with him <laughs> just because it's just like, don't bitch about a situation you could have got out of and then try and make, then go back to the bad situation. I gotcha. Yeah, I, I, again, I'm that way with certain wrestlers too. I, I get kind of personal. I still haven't forget, forgiven Edge for that whole cheating thing. Like, I'm still not over And I used to love Edge. I'm not over it. <laughs> I know. I digress. Anyway, moving on. Let's, uh, let's talk about uh, the TNT Championship Tournament, I believe. Is that what the mid-card title is called? The TNT Championship? Yes. So yes. I, I got a lot I of don't ki- ever say Nick Carter and Cody Rose will come smack you with his neck. Oh no. No, Cody's a nice dude. He would never. But um I I I I'm about two episodes behind on AEW right now. Um are you guys enjoying this tournament? And I know uh Bill, you wanted it to be Orange Cassidy in all eight spots. <laughs> but um yes. who do you guys think is gonna ultimately win this thing? Uh we'll start with Queen. Oh man, this is tough. I didn't want Cody in this at all, personally. But, I like, I get that you can't not have him, but mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping he wouldn't be involved and him and Lance Archer would just do their thing elsewhere. Mm. Um, I, I really want it to be Darby Allen. That would make me really happy. Mm. I just don't think it's going to be. I think, ultimately, they'll probably give it to Lance Archer. But, um, which is not to say I don't like him. I do. I just feel like Darby is somebody that you could put through um, who's had such a hot streak and is super over with everybody, I feel like. And it would be really fun to see what he would do with a title run, Um, especially a first ever title run. But, you know, I I ultimately feel like Cody's going to be involved in some way, shape or form. And I don't know. I don't really like it as much as I thought I was going to. I'll be honest. Yeah, I thought uh, I was I was excited about it, but now mm-hmm. it's it's really suffering from the shorts the short bench they have too. Yeah, yeah. This like I don't think it would have been this array of people if they had like all the West Coast cats. Like I could have seen Scorpio Sky in this tournament and sure. one of those bros, and like I could have seen that. But they're working with what they got, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I agreed. But I think I like the wrinkle they just added with Dustin Rhodes. Like, if he can't beat Kip Sabian, it's going to be he'll retire. And I like they're adding some intrigue to that match, at least. Yeah. Um, 
I honestly think Darby, I agree with Queen. I think Darby Allen is going to win. And here's what, if I had the pencil, uh, <laughs> it would be Lance because uh, go, Lance beat, obviously beats Colt. He already beat Colt, I should say. I could see him costing Cody his match against Darby. Yeah. And then in the finals, I think you have Lance and Darby. Cody does something to um, to interfere yeah. and maybe not even like get involved in a match, but maybe he 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 and Jake have a confrontation, or maybe Arn and Jake have a confrontation because it's going to be May. We don't know what the world's going to look like at the end of May. Um, they are going to still do double or nothing, um, supposedly. So I can see something happening there, and then we move Cody and Lance to uh, the fine to a separate feud. And Darby picks up that title, and he's the first TNT champion because he really is that homegrown guy. Now, yep. would I also be upset if the Spanish god Sammy Guevara won it? No, I wouldn't because I think he is a, he is going to be the future for AEW. He is such a talented dude. He's come a long way even from that double or nothing match a year ago. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing him with the belt either. Well, he could, like come and challenge Darby. <laughs> I mean, mm. another Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara match? I'm well, fine with that. I guess you gotta sign me up for that. But, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally cool with that. And I actually wouldn't mind seeing if Dustin Rhodes lost to Kip Sabian because Kip needs something. Yeah. And, and you know, Dustin's not gonna retire full-time unless he's super hurt and we don't know. Um, I could see a great angle for him to come out of retirement. Like when a live, and, and I would save that. Well, it might that might be hard to save it for a live crowd, but um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, Kip's gonna win. Yeah, and uh, I think Lance beats Kip. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I'm gonna go Darby Allen as well. Yeah, really good call, guys. And uh, yeah, I think you hit it right on the head again, Bill. You said you were surprised by kind of the what was it eight spots in the tournament? Is that who it was? Uh, I I know I was surprised by a lot of the names in there. But again, yeah, it was, I mean, those are the most established. Outside of those guys, I mean, you're not going to put Jericho in there. Yeah. You're not going to, gosh, who else did I have that as a name? Well, I thought was busy. You got busy. Box is busy. Jimmy Havoc, I guess. Not putting Kenny in there because he's tag team right now. He's doing other stuff. Well, I thought you'd get your Orange Cassidy. Get your Orange Cassidy like you wanted. He's not ready yet. I want him to only wrestle at pay-per-views. Well, he's wrestling Hmm. this week, so. I know it's a bummer, but I mean, not that it's a bummer because I love Orange Cassidy, but I thought it was super special that the only time we've ever seen him in the ring was at a pay-per-view. You're right. No, yeah. that you, you you're that, right. That was a great match too. I loved it. Oh, so good. It was. And I can't believe that was what two, not even two months ago that yeah. show. And it feels like five years ago. Yeah. It does. These last few months have felt like years. Yeah, they really have, guys. But we're we're hanging in there at least, you know. And it's interesting. And I guess we'll, we'll end it on this. You know, there aren't a lot of sports going on in the world. I mean, there aren't any sports going on in the world right now besides somehow we're still here talking about uh, wrestling, which is, I guess, cool. But we want everyone to be healthy. Do you guys kind of expect or have you heard, like, more people kind of tune into wrestling moving forward? Do you guys think that more people are going to get into it? Um or have you guys heard anything? Bill, I'll throw it to you. I know you had mentioned some friends. Uh, no. Uh, no, no. I, they, they catch the, the clips online. I uh, but I don't, I don't know. It's weird when you talk about wrestling. 
I think more people are going to, and I'm going to crowbar this segment, I guess, uh, going to online and like being the elite 200. I think people you, you're seeing people are more apt to that because much it's less depressing in some ways. Hmm. Like, especially when you look at AEW, it's a lot of enhancement talent right now. I mean, listen, I want my boy Sugar Dunkerton, Dunkerton to get Pineapple Pete. I want to see him get signed. He's awesome. But, you know, it's it's a lot of squash matches right now. Um, it, you know, NXT, you know, benefits from having a deep shelf. But again, it's in front of nobody. But if you watch like a B&D Elite, it, you, you're getting more, you're taken out of that empty arena into a more creative atmosphere. Yeah. Um, much like uh, you would see, like, well, like the cinematic matches. Like, you know, and, and I, I, I loved the Matt Jackson versus Nick Jackson match. I thought it was, it was a super amount of fun. It had, like, some of those moments of cinnamon in it. But those guys went out there and busted their ass. And, you know, you end up seeing where Nick Jackson lives in some ridiculous house in California. Yeah, and you got that nice little uh, clip show at the end. Queen, your thoughts on the, the Being Elite uh, 200 with Matt and Nick? What a journey. It's been four years, I think, since I started it, and um, my, how things have changed. <laughs> yeah. Have you, watched, been in, have you been there since the beginning? Day one. And uh, <laughs> if you've watched since the beginning, you have seen the evolution of being the elite. And uh, while the match was really cool, and I enjoyed it a lot, I think the real story is, is the beginning of how they showed the progression of the kind of opening segments and then the end when they were done beating each other up and started reminiscing (laughs) through this whole series and how they picked up you know their phones and started recording what they were doing and how that became being the elite and what it means to us as fans of theirs for so long to see this progression of how the elite was formed in new Japan with just Kenny and the bucks and then hangman and Cody and Marty were added and their relationship and, uh, and Adam Cole too also and uh, RIP to the ghost of Adam Cole. Cause we've never seen him since. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of tough, but you only see the ghost of Adam Cole wrestling, but <laughs> I think it was for me, it was like emotional in, in a lot of ways because they were the first people to kind of give us this inside look at their traveling and like what they were doing and what things were like, especially when they were in Japan, you know, that was stuff that not a lot of people who hadn't necessarily watched new Japan before got to see. And then I started adding these, you know, skits and segments and it, and it really lets you in uh, to their world and who they are as people and who they are as wrestling characters, like who, who they are. And, that was genius in a lot of ways because a lot of people who are fans of now AEW but were fans of them when they were in New Japan Ring of Honor feel a very special connection to them. And, you know, and, and they did a great uh, interview with Sports Illustrated and they talked a lot about how they tribute their success to being the elite. You know, this, this was like a homegrown grassroots internet campaign in a lot of ways. And because of being the elite and because of the fan base that they created and the connections that they made and people right place, right time, Cody coming in when he did after leaving the WWE and his rise through um, back through the Indies and Ring of Honor and New Japan. And now they started all in and then they started AEW and here we are. You know, that was the best part of that episode for me. Um, but it, it did make me really nostalgic for, for bullet club elite. <laughs> I, I never, I remember the first time I heard of being elite was I was covering for PW insider 
OTT from Dublin, Ireland's uh, Scrapper Media, and it was on Flow Slam, so that showed you how long ago this was. Um, and in the middle of the main event, which was the Uptown Funkers, which was Ryan Starr <laughs> and, Will, and Will Ospreay, and it was supposed to be Ricochet, but he got hurt or he got signed, and so it was Leo Rush. And during the middle of the match, they pull out a phone and they're like, we're filming for our show being the elite and the entire arena road warrior popped for that moment. And they did, they did a segment in ring during this main event on this pay-per-view for being the elite. And I was like, this is insane. This is powerful because it's just like how many, like a couple thousand people in Ireland were just losing their minds over a video, a vlog. And it's crazy how, this little thing and, and Queens, right. We invest in the people of pro wrestling more now because we, we get, you know, from here in the Cole Cabana podcasts and watching being the elite, you know, we get inside the human of the wrestler, not just the person who does the cool moves, but we, we invest in that person. That's what being the elite did. And that's the, the reason AEW is successful and even happened is because people, believe in them and can get behind them and can relate to them as people beautifully said wow you guys uh we had a nice little like uh moment of reminiscing there that was that was beautiful guys and uh bill uh real quick you noticed something at the end of that episode uh, i don't think we touched on it totally went over my head uh you want to share it with the uh, beautiful listeners well my theory is they said well what do we have left to do and they said well there is that one thing so to me that's the revival and that's that's their one thing they still have left to do because that's what they've been talking about for years booking it over twitter ftr uh i mean that's remember the, this tweet right remember this tweet mm. and uh, it bled over into wwe where i mean ftr was you know i mean the revival started doing stuff with that and I mean, the reason I th- one of the reasons I think the, uh, the Bucks didn't go to WWE is because they were watching a revival Lucha House Party match, and it was uh, pure Gaga and comedy, and they're like, "We're not coming here." Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that was the match. Like after that match, the Bucks were like, "Hell, this is garbage." You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's uh, to me that's you know maybe conspiracy theory, but I think very soon we're going to be seeing some. Uh, FTR and AEW. When that'll be? I mean, I don't know. Uh, I hope they do it on being the elite. Ooh. I thought they would show up. <laughs> like I think they might, just not I, in this episode. But yeah, no, I, yeah, I feel like they might have filmed it. Okay. I, I think they might have, and I think that they. Um, <laughs> I think they're going to do something with the whole FTR thing because how long was that a storyline in being the elite? Absolutely. Well, now, well, now they're getting. Heat because they're, they, they call themselves the Revolt. Like there's an indie tag team called Revolt who's all pissed off that they're still in their name. Oh really? Uh, yeah, uh, Zane Riley and Caleb Conley. So that's a whole thing. So we'll see if they're called the Revolt or Fear the Revolt or whatever. But um, yeah, I agree with Queen. This is this is gonna this is gonna happen soon. I can't wait. I'm here for it because do you remember <laughs> when um, Britt Baker came on <laughs> when she, after she signed AEW and was on Being the Elite and she just went full out like, we're going to talk about what you did to my boyfriend or what? <laughs> I thought that was great. And I feel like the revival have an opportunity to really go in with everything that they talked shit on on Being the Elite. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. It's good. It's really good. 
I, I, I totally agree. But can I also see them holding out till double or nothing? I could. I, I could too. Um, the thing that sucks about like these big debuts in AEW was the fact that they were not done in front of a live audience. Mm. Like when Matt Hardy showed up, that was super cool. But man, that was supposed to be in Rock in front of Rochester, in Rochester, New York, in front of tens of thousands, ten thousand people. And Brody Lee from Rochester is supposed to be there. Yeah. And of course, I'm pissed because I was supposed to be at Blood and Cuts the following week, but in a luxury box. God damn it! Um, <laughs> but you know, it, you know, seeing the, the it's hard. You know, we have to like when are these debuts? How are we going to do it? You know, because there's no crowd, there's no pop, there's no payoff in some respects, except for TV. So we have to see, and TV ratings are going down because I think the the arena is a little bit depressed. People, they don't feel like it's destination television. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy times, guys. But uh, I think we covered a lot of stuff here. I appreciate you guys taking a few minutes. I'm so glad that we are able to talk wrestling uh, in some capacity. So I appreciate you guys. Let's get a little shameless promo out of the way. Bill, tell everyone where they can follow you on your new podcast and, of course, the site. Okay. Um, I mean, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at BodkinWrites, W-R-I-T-E-S, where I mainly tweet about wrestling and you know stuff I write on the popbreak.com, which you can check out every single day. We've got great stuff written by great people like Rob, who just wrote a review of the Big Show show, has a interview with uh, Grammy winner <laughs> Lynn DC coming up. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, you, have to, you have to share your headline, because your headline was amazing. Like, people are still commenting about your headline. Oh, what I called, <laughs> well, it's a sitcom? Well, yeah. it's a sitcom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm keeping that clip forever, by the way. Go ahead. Oh, it's not a podcast if I don't sing on it. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we got wrestling, movies, TV, um, uh, music, comic books, uh, anime. Uh, we have a re- we have some new podcasts up. Uh, my, like Rob mentioned at the beginning of the, the show, uh, the Socially Distanced podcast, uh, or Socially Distanced, that's myself and Al Manorino. So if you type in Bill Bodkin or Al Manorino on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can definitely find us there. We talk um, with a guest every week about uh, big news pieces that are happening in the world of sports and pop culture. Uh, I mean, you know, recommendations from music and television and movies and stuff like that. And usually a couple of adult beverages in, in between. And it's just a good conversation. It's a good hang. So, um, yeah, check out thepopbreak.com. we got everything up there. We do, and we've been killing it with some interviews. In fact, uh, we may or may not be having one coming up. I'm, I'm working on it, but it may be uh, F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S. I'll leave it at that. Queen, tell everyone where they can find never, you on your never show. Never do that. Don't jinx it. Okay. All right. Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll fix it in post. <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead, Queen. Tell us about uh, your amazing podcast. Uh, well, firstly, thank you so much again for having me, and definitely – Check out popbreak.com. You guys have the best stuff going on. So, um, as well, the door is always open. Well, thanks. (laughs) Um, So, my show, Queen's Court, drops every single Wednesday on Smart to Death Radio. Wherever you find your podcast, you can find me on Twitter at the Queen of NE, on Instagram at X the Queen of NE. I'm also the co-host of DYWTSB every single Friday, and the Queen and Pops Experience every single Sunday uh, for Queen's Court. Oh man, what was the alphabet soup there, man? I'm sorry. Yes, DYWTSB is. Did you write this stuff, bro? 
Was that a Vince Russo podcast? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Just commenting on the uh, the general lack of storyline issues in WWE sometimes. <laughs> I had to explain Vince Russo to my brother-in-law who caught the last 30 minutes of the Brawl for All episode of Dark Side ah, of the Ring. I see. That, that, was a, that was a weird conversation. <laughs> I can imagine so. <laughs> um, so for Queen's Court, uh, Wednesday, the 22nd of April, my friends, I have an interview dropping with Ellis Taylor, part of Young, Dumb, and Broke. Very exciting. Oh, yeah. um, he's super, super fun. I enjoyed your Effie interview. That was yes. cool. Thank you. Effie was a joy to chat with. Um, so y'all, y'all can find that in my archives, honey. It's a super fun chat. Uh, but yeah, so that's it for me. That's amazing. And we forgot, yeah, Smart to Death Radio now. That's our boy uh, Anthony over there. Shout out to him. That's right. That's awesome. Some great podcasts on there. Uh, guys, as always, thank you for a few minutes. You know, hopefully one day we'll all see each other in person at a wrestling show. I, I miss, you know, doing stuff and, and seeing humans. So I do look forward to that. And guys, just please uh, stay positive. Stay safe. We're all going to get through this. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. We're out. Take care, guys. Peace. <laughs>